there, and welcome to episode 13 of Scopophilia. We are a millennial movie movement, and I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, coming at you with another movie, and sadly, it's going to be our last movie before holiday break, and this is the end of season one, so enjoy every single second of it, because I have enjoyed this wild and crazy ride, and I am looking forward to continuing Now, while it is sad that this is the end of season one, don't worry, season two is just around the corner, and this episode in particular is chocked full of good, classic Hollywood, iconic vibes today, and that's because we're talking about the one and only Singing in the Rain. Now, this was an episode that was done in June of 2020, and I have my good friend on, Jay Phillips, who is a musical theater movie nerd, and I love it. I love every single second of it. And when I was thinking of, you know, what the order of the show was going to be, what the order of the season was going to be, this felt like an obvious choice for a season finale because it's classic Hollywood, which is one of my favorite eras I mean, how could it not be? (laughs) It's classic Hollywood. It's a musical, which you don't see a lot of really well-done musicals nowadays. It's Gene Kelly. It's Debbie Reynolds. It's Donald O'Connor. It's just perfection, essentially. And if you haven't seen it, now is a great time to do it. We're stuck at home. Christmas is around the corner. Now is a perfect time to put on Singing in the Rain and just have a smile. It's full of witty brilliant lines, great songs that get stuck in your head. And I mean, let's be honest, some of the most athletic dancing you will ever see on screen. So without further ado, my interview with Jay Phillips about his favorite film, Singing in the Rain. Enjoy! Scopophilia. It's the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something... It's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast coming at you with all things movies, a millennial movie movement, if you will. I am so excited to have my guest on today, Jay Phillips. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and how are you this I, quarantine? Girl, this this <laughs> quarantine has been a thing. I'm doing okay. Um, you know, I'm still working. So Good, Still, that's great. Yeah, we, we just reopened the Barnes and the Noble yesterday. <laughs> um, Very good. But I've been, you know, just, just doing my thing, trying to keep keep positive and keep going forward as much as humanly possible. Absolutely. I mean, what else can you do, right? <laughs> yeah, how about you? How have you, how have you been surviving this? Oh, you know, I feel a little stir crazy on some days and some days I don't. So we're just getting through it. (laughs) I got you. I got you so much there. 
Absolutely. Thank God for this podcast, or I don't know what I'd be doing. <laughs> I love it. I do. <laughs> uh, so I asked you, I said, are you interested? And you said yes, which I was very excited about. Yeah. And then you picked a wonderful movie, which is Singing in the Rain. Yes. it's And it's funny because I actually gave you a selection. I'm like, okay, so I've got like three <laughs> top movies. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. My, my life is movies and pop culture. Yeah. So that's, yeah, right? That yes. Is, that is what we are here for. Yeah. Like right <laughs> up my alley. Right. And so let me ask you, yeah. you gave me a, a bit of a selection. Yeah. What was it about Singing in the Rain that you were like, this is the one that I have to do? Because I think I have the, the biggest connection to it. Mm, um, okay. Not not only watching the movie, which I grew up with, and every time I watch it, I find something new. Every time I watch it, I find something different. I find something interesting about it. But also, I've done the stage production, and <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. I I played Cosmo Brown, and that enhanced it even more for me. But I just remember that is what made me fall in love. That movie is what made me not only fall in love with movies but with musicals with tap dancing and with <laughs> gene kelly absolutely yeah absolutely so that and is why i had to go with that one as my number one makes total sense do you remember yeah. when the first first time you watched singing in the rain was I do. Okay. So yeah, um, I I was seven years old, mm -hmm. and I watched it because at the time there was this wonderful theater in Delaware, which is no more, unfortunately, called the Three Little Bakers, Three Little Bakers Dinner Theater. And at the time, my cousin was married to one of the owners, and they were producing it. Okay. And my family was taking me to go see it, and I was so excited. I had like new little outfit. I had a little pair of hammer pants because <laughs> this was this is the nineties. We're going prime nineties uh -huh. here. And Absolutely. I watched the movie before I saw the show, and I just remember my jaw dropping on the ground, <laughs> especially during something like "Make Them Laugh." because mm. I'd never seen anything like that before. My life up until that point was probably Disney. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and this was my first real musical. This is before I got into theater as well. Okay. So I didn't even hop up onto a stage yet. So I was about seven years old and I saw it, but it didn't really impact me until a little later. Okay. And in what, what way? In what way? It showed me that it is okay for men to dance. Right on. Because, you know, we, we have that stigma of... Right. Mm -hmm. If you're a male and you're a dancer, you're a sissy or mm -hmm. anything like that. Okay, look at Gene Kelly. Look at how athletic Oh, my gosh. Um, it also gave me an understanding for comedy with the role of Lena Lamont. And the way that that role is played and how effortless that role is played. And also with Cosmo Brown. Um, and just the structure of everything with the silent movie era moving into the talkies. Mm -hmm. As I said, there's so much. It's so rich. Right. <laughs> it, it really is. 
but I I didn't really appreciate it. I took a film studies class in high right school. Right on. Yeah, and <laughs> that that was one of the films we had to dissect. I was so excited too, and um, because they picked different genres, so we like that one, Harold and Maude, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, uh-huh. but. When I had to write my dissertation, I was like, okay, this is going to be literally a snap. <laughs> right. Um, and I started to really appreciate it then. And then I started getting more knowledge of the other movie musicals around, that, around when I was like 11 or 12. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> and so, I mean, let's do, I mean, a little background on you. Yeah. You are musicals I feel like every time I talk to you you guys are in you know some kind of musical you're directing or you're in one I mean this is definitely part of your world I would say (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah I I eat sleep breathe musical theater (laughs) whether I want to or not it's it's a part of me that's and I mean wonderful good for you yeah Um, I mean, first of all, thank you for picking this movie because it is obviously it is like the epitome of the classic movie musical. It is. And um, when most people discuss movie musicals, it's probably in the top three. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. I would say I would say this one, West Side Story. Uh huh. um, And probably and of course, this burns my soul saying this, but Sound of Music, just because. When people think movie musicals, that's what they go through. I would, I would pick a bunch more, but <laughs> but this one and uh, West Side Story are definitely. You think of mu- movie musicals, you hear the words "Singing in the Rain," and yes. then you envision the the lampposts. You envision the dancing. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, I mean the lampposts. That that scene in "Singing in the Rain" is just so yes. iconic. I mean, you you have a. Um, What's his name? The new Spider-Man did it yes. for Lip Sync. Tom Holland. Uh, Tom Holland. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Who also, little known fact, has a theater background. Of course he does. <laughs> he he played Billy Elliot in the West End. Really? Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah, he's an experienced ballet and tap dancer. I love that kid so much. So do I. This warms so my heart. I. I actually, I had a friend who I worked with who um, worked alongside him at one of the uh, Disney, the expos, and said oh. he's exactly as down to earth as you think he would be. Oh, that's so wonderful. I know. It's so good <laughs> when you hear that. It really is. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're talking iconic, recognizable moments, I think that yeah. lamppost scene is definitely in the top 10. And and there's several in Singing in the oh, Rain. Yeah. There's that. There's the uh, couch in Good Morning when they tip over yes. the couch. Uh-huh, there's uh-huh. the flips in Make Them Laugh. Yes. Uh, there's the entire character of Lena Lamont. I mean. <laughs> I can't what, stand him. I can't stand him. What a brilliant, brilliant role. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it it seems so simple, I think, when you when you give it a first pass. Cause I remember watching it before I, I could before I didn't have a choice of watching things with a critical eye. Yeah. And being like, oh, Lena Lamont, like she's so surface level. And then watching it now, I'm like, no, she's conniving and like she is conniving. She is 
she is dirty. And, yeah. and I love that about her where, again, surface villain, where you're like, oh, okay, absolutely. it's, it's the dumb blonde. And then you're like, oh no, she's actually blackmailing. Oh yeah. Them. <laughs> she's <laughs> actually a lot smarter than you think. And absolutely. I love that. I love oh, that. Yeah. And I love the way that Gene Hagen performed her and yes. got an Oscar nomination. Oscar nomination for her, which I yes. it was funny. I was doing my research and I was like, wow, I'm surprised like Debbie Reynolds wasn't nominated, but it right? makes sense that she was nominated because that performance is. Mwah. That <laughs> performance is one of the gold standards. 100%. And, and one of my favorite moments of hers, I mean, there's so many in the movie that is a favorite moment, but at the end, when they show her at the award show and she goes, no, 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 I'm going to make the speech. Right. <laughs> the way she conducts herself of them being like, sing for us, everything she goes through, you see it right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and oh, no, just, this plan has backfired, like, immediately. Exactly. I did not think this through. <laughs> exactly. And then and then when they realize that Kathy's going to have to sing for her, she's like, okay, well, my plan's in action, not realizing she's going to get exposed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Wonderful. It's funny because going back to the silent film era, that was real. Yeah. That was real. There were so many brilliant silent film actors and actresses who, when it came time to talk, they were like, oh, wait, I mean, talk. Like they had that voice. Right. And you're like, there's uh -huh. no way, no way we can work this. So she was actually based on real people. 100%. Yeah. And and I mean, the movie from a historical sense is so interesting because you don't you don't get a lot of firsthand account of like what that transition was like between silent films and talkies. It was Correct. figuring out, well, where do we put the mic? It goes in the bush. It goes on her costume. You know, where's the best placement of this? Another, and how do we how do sorry, we get her to not sound like a squeaky toy? <laughs> another brilliant scene when they have the mic on her chest and you just yeah. hear the heartbeat. Yes. An again, another brilliant. And then when he pulls the cord and she goes flying. Yes. Just so many brilliant moments. Uh huh. And it's true. You're getting a firsthand account. You're yeah. seeing what they went through in the creation. It's yeah. just. It's brilliant. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, the jazz singer was 1935, 1927. 27, so like, yeah. Yes, 1927. And I mean, if you think about it, most of these people, Gene Kelly would have remembered what talkies versus silent films would have been like. Correct. So it it really is like people remembered what that time was like. And so yeah. you, it's reasonable to think that that's how it was. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that the jazz, uh, pardon me, that the jazz singer is actually referenced. Yes. Real movie. Real first movie. feature film with, yes. with spoken lines and singing. Al Jolson. Yes. So good. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's what started so good and a little racist, but that's, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's neither here nor there, but that's what started everything off. And that's when it was, you have to be able to sing, you have to be able to speak, you have to, and there were some people that just couldn't. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So then let me ask you, I mean, yeah. this is a probably very tough question. 
Yeah. But what would you say is your favorite part of this movie? Actually, that is an easy question. Oh, okay. Um, so my favorite part of the movie is the Moses Supposes <laughs> diction scene. Wonderful. And why? For, Please explain. For several, well, we're going through the entire scene. So first off, you have the comedic brilliance of Lena Lamont. <laughs> yes. And Kathleen Freeman, who is one of my favorite character actresses. <laughs> As the diction coach. Yes, and, wonderful. And just how brilliant she is of the can't. And then you got the can't. Now, ta te ti to tu. Ta te ti to tu. No, no, Miss Lamont, round tones, round tones. Now let me hear you read your line. And I can't stand him. And I can't stand him. And I can't stand him. Can't. 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 But it's so effortless. It's not like she's... One of my directions, whenever I direct a show, whenever I direct anything is, you're not funny. The material (laughs) is funny. You're not funny. Right. And... Gene Hagen as Lena Lamont is literally just doing the scene like she would. Mm-hmm. She's like a street character. Like, exactly. And that's where the comedy comes from, is that she's just doing this like it's her natural, can't, can't. Right. And she keeps saying it over and over again because that's how she says it. Like, I'm. this is how I'm saying the word can't. Right. And then we go to Don, who, of course, is having a bit of an easier time Mm-hmm. And he has the stuffiest human being <laughs> possible. You get Cosmo in. Cosmo's your your ball buster. Cosmo's uh-huh. busting everything. And then they decide to have a little fun with the guy. Right. So a story is being told through dance. Again, mm-hmm. something that up until this point, we've seen ballets. We've seen stuff like this. We've never seen tap dancing tell a story. Right. And Moses Supposes is showing just the fun, the frivolity, and also it is a good number. Mm-hmm. And it is a hard number. Yeah. As as someone who has played Cosmo and did the choreography that they did in the movie, and I was terrified every night. Oh, but, yeah, I bet. But just the buildup, how it starts just so easy, and then you just get that frenzy ending with them piling on everything right and another thing i love to do is i've watched this movie multiple times (laughs) i i watch uh, like i take one viewing and watch donald o'connor do the dance Mm -hmm. and then i take a viewing and watch gene kelly do the dance and while their steps are in tandem of course you need to watch the energy because there's one moment and this is why it's my favorite moment. It's so small. But um, they're sitting on the chairs and they're doing a Russian type of step and like pullbacks while sitting down. Mm-hmm. And Don O'Connor is trying as hard as he can. And Gene Kelly is rolling his eyes with a <laughs> smile. <laughs> like, I could do this in my sleep. And that right. part right there is why I love that number. Because... 
the two of them are just showing full character. And I actually think in that moment, Don O'Connor is looking at Gene like, hey, what am I supposed to be doing here? And Gene is just in Gene land. Right. And, <laughs> and just that part, mm-hmm. as I said, it's the entire scene. So that is my favorite moment in the movie. Among many. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good one. There are, yeah. and and granted, there are so many interesting aspects of like telling story through dance. Yes. And like, so for me, one of my favorite parts is uh, Gene Kelly and Deb- Debbie Reynolds when they do the sound uh, song on the sound stage. Yes. And it's basically like they're falling in love. Because really, he's only met her like, what, twice? Yeah, and she and popped then, out of her cake. Yeah. Yeah. And then so he pulls her away and he's like, oh, I love you because he's been looking for her. But yeah. really they don't know each other. And then they have this dance and they fall in love during that dance. It's them yes. getting to know each other, basically. And, and the so, wind machine. And, oh, right? Don't get me started. <laughs> right? It's such a great, the ladder. Yes. Everything. And, yeah. It's like, he says something like 100,000 kilowatts of starlight and he turns on all those lights and I'm like, yes. Yes. And I'm like, do it, Gene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's such a beautiful, and, and what they do is so effortless. Mm-hmm. And like, I know there was a lot of effort into it because Debbie Reynolds once made a comment that two of the hardest things she ever did in life were giving birth right. and singing in the rain. Yes. Yes. Well, and I think it's so interesting because like I was doing research and Debbie Reynolds hadn't danced before this. Never. She was a gymnast. Yes. And so Gene Kelly said, that's fine. I'll teach you because he had also taught Frank Sinatra for Anchors Away. Yes. Yes. Yes, he did. And And incidentally, Frank pulls it off pretty well. If you've ever seen Anchors Away or... Um, or just even the dance off between them and take me out to the ball game. Uh-huh, Frank uh-huh. can hold his own. Oh yeah. 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 I mean it and it's so interesting because she she really pulls it off in this movie. Oh yeah. She you could tell she worked really hard. Hundred percent. I found a clip of her talking about singing in the rain and she said that she was like crying during rehearsal because she's like, I'm never gonna yeah. be able to keep up. I can't do it. And Fred Astaire pulled her aside and was like, let me show you, like, it's hard. And like, that's yeah. okay. And I'm like, oh, he she found Gene her, Kelly and Fred Astaire. He found her crying under a piano. Yeah. And, and when, you know what? Come here. I'm going to show you. That blew my mind. I know. And also, so the Broadway melody, which I enjoy, it was shoehorned in. The, the yeah. big Broadway melody number. <laughs> she was supposed to be the feature dancer in that. Yes. And they realized she couldn't do it. So then they hired Sid Charisse. Yes. Which I think is so interesting. Just which, in general. God, that leg. That oh leg. When she does that extension. Oh my, that's, I think, yeah, that was <laughs> the moment I realized I was gay. was when I saw... <laughs> that extension i'm just like yes girl like 12 year old jason like yes yes queen extend it up but another story i love is when they were doing good morning Uh anytime debbie reynolds would mess up gene kelly would yell at don (laughs) O'Connor. he would never take it out on debbie because he didn't want her crying he didn't he was tough he was a taskmaster but he had a heart i mean the man had a heart 
Absolutely. So he would turn and start yelling at Donald O'Connor and be like, you're messing this up. You're not doing this right. Mm -hmm. And incidentally, it was to teach Debbie what the steps were. Oh, yeah. What a sweet word. Yeah. Oh, and I, I think it's so interesting that scene because they did have to do it a few like hundred times or whatever. Yes. Like something wasn't in synchronization or somebody met something up. And so it's, it's so interesting to see it like come together as a whole. Cause a lot of that is like one single take. Yeah. Because of, because of the dancing. Cause Gene Kelly wanted you to see all of the steps. He didn't want you to cut yep. away to something else, which I respect. I respect. So I love that. Yes. Another it's, another favorite Gene project of mine is An American in Paris. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and to an extent, they do that with the ballet, An American in Paris. I mean, there are cutaways here and there. But for the most part, it's one tracking shot. Yes. And I love that about Good Morning, where it follows them from the room to the room to the room. Yes. And, ah, uh, so good. Absolutely. And you don't, I mean, granted, I'll, I'll throw this out there now. Like they don't make movies like this anymore, no. which is such, such a shame. No. And like, I had a, I had a friend on here a couple of weeks ago to talk about cats and yeah. one of the, I, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We tore it. We tore it to shreds. It's fine. Girl, girl, uh, that, that movie, that movie. Oh, good I Lord. I still I have know. nom flashbacks of like Judy Dench <laughs> breaking the third wall to tell me that a cat is not a dog. Right. <laughs> but what, yeah. I mean, one of the big cardinal sins in that movie is that whereas Gene Kelly's like, you're going to watch the whole dance full body and not cut away. Tom Hooper breaks that. Like, yep. sin- he sinningly breaks that rule every single scene of that movie, which is such a shame because he had so many amazing dancers. Amongst like, many other rules that he broke. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> we can't during, during that <laughs> brilliant film. Yes. That, uh, the audacity. The audacity. That whole film. The audacity. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. But one movie that does pay homage to Singing in the Rain and does the tracking shot, La La Land. Oh, 100%. Yes, when Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling do their tap number. um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I forget the name of the song. Something, A Lovely Night, What a Waste of a Lovely Night. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, they do it full full body. So you see them and they're doing Mm -hmm. it. Yes, yes. I love, I actually, I did a whole paper on how La La Land is like the epitome of the classic movie musical. Yes. Which is, it's just wonderful. And again, Um, (laughs) took a lot of it from Singing in the Rain. So much from Singing in the Rain and and Top Hat and just the old classics. Um, But I mean that even just the soundstage is almost a direct parallel to when Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are in the conservatory. Yes. And they're having that that same kind of moment of like magic, except they have special effects and CGI to make it seem like they are actually dancing in the stars, whereas Gene Kelly is doing it in more of a metaphorical kind of way. Yeah. Where so he has the wind machine. Yes. They have, it's much yeah. more physical. Yeah. Using using what is around. <laughs> yeah. So good. 
So yeah. let me, you've played Cosmo before. I have played Cosmo Brown and I yes. loved it. Yes. I, I can't imagine, imagine you playing anything else in this. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> in high school, we did it my senior year of high school and I did not get cast as Cosmo. And I, what? I, girl, I, <laughs> I was, I was bitter. Um, <laughs> as you should be. <laughs> thank you. I played RF Simpson. I was the head of the studio, the non-singing, non-dancing role. Oh, that's that's just wrong. And I was like, I'm going to make it my life goal to play Cosmo Brown. I'm <laughs> going to do should. Donald O'Connor Pride. And <laughs> I did end up playing him um, nine years out of high school. And well, that's good. Yeah. And loved it. The stage production, it's very close to the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, almost too close. And the hard thing about the stage production is you want to see the movie. Right. There's no way you can recreate the full movie. Right. Like you're expecting a backflip. Okay. Maybe you'll get one out. You're not right. going to get the full <laughs> thing. We did the tip over the couch. We did that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the rain effect. We did a lot of it, but mm-hmm. I I like the stage production. It does not capture the magic. Mm. Well, and there's only so much you can do without that like little bit of movie magic on top yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about make them laugh. Oh, it, let's it talk about. A, <laughs> it let's would be talk a about that sin number. not to. Make them laugh, make them laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? <laughs> my dad said, be an actor, my son. But be a comical one, they'll be standing in lines for those old honky-tonk monkey shines. Or you could study Shakespeare and be quite elite. And you could charm the critics and have nothing to eat. Just slip on a banana peel, the world's at your feet. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. I mean, what physical comedy? I mean, physical comedy, a tour de force, and something interesting that I did not know. Like, I knew that it was a hard number, and I mm-hmm. knew that he pretty much did it in one take. I did not know that Don O'Connor was a chain smoker. I know, right? And that he, after he did the number, he took off for three weeks. <laughs> and. So he was a vaudeville performer before he did right. movies. Mm-hmm. And one of his tricks was the running backflip. Mm-hmm. And Gene knew this and went, I want that. Right. And so, of course, <laughs> like Gene Kelly asks you to do this. You don't say no. Right. And apparently, and as, as someone who performed the number, I can tell you, thank God I only had to do it once. Right. And I, I remember even saying to them, like, Tech Week, like, could we just make sure I do this once? I'm, like, doing splits on a piano. I'm right. jumping off of things. And my favorite moment is actually not the flips. It's not any of that. It's him and the dummy. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and how beautiful when they fall over the couch and he's throwing yeah. the dummy. It's just, it's brilliant. Yes. It's brilliant. And again, you're getting a full story mm-hmm. through all of this physical movement. Absolutely. And 
And what starts as something to cheer up Don ends up becoming a showstopper. Oh, 100%. 100%. And it's so and, interesting looking at it now, knowing a little bit more history on my end of like, you see a little bit of Chaplin in there. You see yep. a little bit of Stooges in there. It's there's Buster all these Keaton. Buster, Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. All of these classic film elements in one performance. But yeah. it is very much also o'connor like it is very o'connor you see him having like fun even though it is very challenging like (laughs) yeah yeah and just amazing and again he makes it look so effortless it's hard everything he's doing is hard and learning that he did that full thing in one take yeah jesus that he did (laughs) Every single element of that number in one take just blew me away. I mean, you got it, especially Uh, with those flips. As I said, it's not going to be one of those things where you're like, let me do it again. No. Right. It's like you're getting it (laughs) once. You're going to like it. If you need to edit it, edit it. Go for it. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. And it's... I mean, he was on like four packs a day. Yeah. Like he probably could have died if, yeah. oh, if no. he had to do it more than once. <laughs> That's why I think Gene Kelly was like, okay, now take the next three weeks. Yeah. I mean, and after that performance, it's like, all right, hang your hat, take a vacation. You've earned it. <laughs> but then you also got to think like this man whose lungs were probably like the middle of the Cats movie. Uh-huh. This, this man, <laughs> those cap numbers like fit as a fiddle. Um, mm-hmm. Good morning, Moses supposes like he's hoofing. Yeah, and it does not show one sign of struggle. Does not show no. one sign of anything. And just knowing how much of a smoker he was, mm-hmm. it, it blows my mind. Because like I, yeah. I don't smoke, and I still would like do three steps and huff and puff. Like right. I I mean, even if you're in like peak health condition, you know, regardless of the circumstances, it is a hard number. Those are hard numbers. Hard numbers. And you're trying to keep up with Gene Kelly. It's not like you're you're (laughs) keeping up with some random guy. You're keeping up with the top tap dancer, the top dancer Mm -hmm. in, in Hollywood, in the world. Yeah. At that moment. And I mean, this might be disrespectful, but I even put him on top of Fred Astaire, and I love Astaire. Oh. I love Astaire. I do. I do. I love Astaire. <laughs> Holiday Inn, that tap he does with the mm-hmm. firecrackers, nothing can top that. <laughs> but Gene Kelly. It, I it's mean, just, yeah. Yes. I mean, what a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. In general, Gene Kelly. And that, and that he also co directed and choreographed the full movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. talk about not holding back any punches. Like, <laughs> oh, no, either. He was like 110%. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do everything <laughs> with it. I'm going to design the costumes. Like, And yeah, and you're going to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, one of his I'm, philosophies was, if I'm able to do it, you can do it. Right. Like, with his choreography. He was like, if I can do this step, you should be able to do this step. Right. Yeah. Oh. That's why Debbie I mean, Reynolds was like, buckle up, I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> here we go. I'm going. 100%. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. this movie has so many layers when you think about yes. it. Like, yes. Historically, 
You've got like a, a snapshot of Hollywood in the 20s. It, it, it's like a 1920s, 1930s movie. Yes. And it is very much still a 50s movie as well. Yes, yes, it is. is. So interesting. <laughs> you get all of the years wrapped yes. up into one. You really do. And yeah. um, and we still have someone living who was in the movie, Rita Moreno, who also did another musical that we already brought up, West Side Story. <laughs> she was in her 20s and she played Zelda Sanders. That's right. Yeah, That's Rita right. Moreno, who's still kicking. She's in the <laughs> she's in the remake of West Side Story that Spielberg is doing. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank yeah, goodness. I'm, I'm excited. I am excited for that one. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Like there's some I mean, movie Spielberg, musicals. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some I see where I'm like, Ey! but this one, mm-hmm. first off, you hire Broadway dancers. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You hire experienced performers. Mm-hmm. So this one should be, I'm going to knock on wood, should be yeah. a slam dunk. Yeah. Well, and you know, with Spielberg, you're in good hands because oh, yeah. he usually he usually always takes care to to reference source materials and the histories yeah. and things like that, which I think is what makes an adaptation, you know, a step above other adaptations who are just like, I'm going to do it my way. Exactly. And the movie. Of- <laughs> Cats. <laughs> Girl. Girl. <laughs> When Rebel Wilson unzipped her skin, I uh, I think mm-hmm. I think that was <laughs> between that and Ian McKellen in a closet licking a bowl of cream. Those oh. were the moments where I was just like, "I'm done. I'm done. I'm done." That justifiably and the whole, so. And the whole foot fetish thing with Jason Derulo. There was so much, <sighs> but again, <laughs> even then, you, you got a tap number. You got yeah the the leather daddy um <laughs> skimble. <laughs> Skibble Shanks, the railway cat, who uh, made me feel a certain way. And yes. again, we're going back to Singing in the Rain. Yes. The first one, because I'm trying to think that, of course, there were tab numbers here and there in movies. An American in Paris, On the Town. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the first one that I think brought it to the forefront. And also, if you notice this, there's no group tap. You got That's the Broadway true. melody. Yeah, you got the Broadway melody number, which is energetic and dancing, but the only tap numbers are um, Gene, Donald, mm-hmm. and Debbie. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's really in Broadway melody, you have a lot of like 20s, late 20s inspired dancing. The Charleston is in there. It's a little more modern yep. because that was yep. like the point of putting the Broadway melody in, I guess. Yeah. Again, it's kind of slapped in there at the end just to like show everybody, to remind everyone like, hey, Gene Kelly's an amazing dancer Gene, in case Gene, you forgot. Look at, <laughs> look at Gene do these turns right here right. at the end. Oh, wait, hold on. Here it goes again and again. And right. <laughs> again, I think it was shoehorned in there because of the ballet in American in Paris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and it's... That... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, no, that that was the centerpiece of the movie, though. Right. With American in Paris. And that mm-hmm. ended it. Whereas yes. this one is just randomly in the middle. Yes. And Well, and I did read that it was it was shot after most of the movie was done and then like yes. put in there, which I think is interesting. It's like there was no need for this technically. I'm not mad at it, but I'm just yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Why are you here? Oh yeah, to yeah. show off Centuries. 
Right. Um, and actually, there was a moment that was censored. Yes. Oh, and that gorgeous yes. like ballet dream sequence with the the huge thing of chiffon. Oh, that the longest scarf in the world. Oh, yes. Like the uh, so the only beautiful. scarf I think that might have been longer on film is the one Meryl Streep wore in Mamma Mia. Um, <laughs> when she's running and Pierce Brosnan yes. and the scarf's going. But she, uh, Sid, was supposed to go around his waist. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they said that was inappropriate. It It's so interesting. I was watching it because I watched a little bit yesterday and a little bit today. Yeah. And I was watching it today. And, like, I saw that jump cut for the first time. And I went, did I imagine that? Or did I no. blink? Like, no. But it's actually just, like, a quick jump cut that you almost miss. Which is funny because she does the exact same move in the bandwagon, <laughs> which know. was three years after she, her, and Fred Astaire do that move. Mm-hmm. But also, like I would, I could write a thirty-page thesis on Saint <laughs> Teresa's smoky eyes oh. and that green dress and uh-huh. everything about her. Yeah, and and the choreography that her and Jean do, and the mm-hmm. beats, and how everything is so specific. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like okay, this number means nothing to me, but oh my god, Cerise! Yes, oh my gosh, I mean, gorgeous one. Yeah. Well, and two, I had also seen online that she was actually taller than him in heels. Yes. So they would. They were never on the same level specifically. Like Gene wanted to make it look like he was still taller than her. Yeah. So they were always like one of their knees were always bent to give yep. the illusion that he was still taller than her. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't <laughs> know that. I actually just read that myself. And because I came prepared, girl, I'm like, oh, all right, yes. I'm, 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 I'm going to give it right back. And I saw yes. that. First off, I didn't realize she was that tall. Maybe because Fred Astaire was like seven and a half feet tall. Right. So <laughs> when she's standing next to him, it's like, okay, that matches. But right. now that that's said, like how she's always on the chair or Gene was on his knees. And mm-hmm. like a lot of it, she's bent in that mm-hmm. very Bob Fosse-esque yes. style. Mm-hmm. Who also, Fosse had something to do with the movie. Fosse, because at the time, Fosse was in Hollywood. Fosse was trying to make a name for himself. Oh, okay. And Stanley Donnan, who directed it, was one of the ones who was leading Fosse. Okay. And so Fosse, yeah. So, like, there's little things here and there where I'm like, I definitely see Fosse either took that or inspired that. Yeah. Well, and you see a lot of Fosse, a lot of the, like, big group numbers have a very, um, like, Busby Berkeley feel to them. Like, Zigfield Follies. Yes. They're picking at every single classic, like, post-depression musical. The beautiful girls number. That whole fashion show, I'm like, yes, that yes, yes. Fashion yes. show. <laughs> oh my God. And yes. even what they do before that, which is the mm-hmm. whole little montage with the I got a feeling you're fooling. I got Yeah. <laughs> that's Rudy Valley, who was a big performer. 
in the mm-hmm. 20s. He's getting lampooned there. You're right. <laughs> they're literally just picking at everything. Yes. And and I love it. Oh, me too. 100%. And especially it. now, I mean, how long has it been since this movie came out? Like as film historians, film buffs, it's like you can see it now even. Yeah. And it makes me wonder like if people seeing it for the first time were also watching like those 30s post-depression musicals being like, oh my gosh, I remember when they did that. Or I remember this. I remember yeah. that. Oh, the and layers. See, I can't. <laughs> the layers. And see, when I first saw it, I didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. I was just in awe of everything. I didn't understand any of that. As I got older, I'm like, okay. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get all of this. I understand yes. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, even with the director, Roscoe Dexter, that character and how like harried he is. Yeah. You you don't understand it when you're young. And then when you get older and you actually like direct a show, you direct something, yeah. you're like, oh good <laughs> lord, I understand every single thing that this man is feeling. Right. <laughs> I I feel this in my bones. Yes. And um how everyone I also love, I don't know if you noticed this, how everyone kind of just deals with Lena. Because yeah. she has so much power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely. Like, we know we can't say anything about her. And one of my... Actually, there's two favorite lines I have in the movie, but one of them is, I'd rather kiss a tarantula. When <laughs> when her and him kiss, and she's like, you can't say that you don't have a little bit of feeling for me. I'd rather kiss a tarantula. Go yeah. get me a tarantula. You don't mean that. Go get me a tarantula. It's such a brilliant moment. It really is. And also, I love in the beginning when they show Don's history. Yes. And they show them flirting and she doesn't talk. Yeah. And and you just see this gorgeous woman. And then when she finally opens her mouth in the next scene, (laughs) that just, that's where the brilliance lies. That's where it's like. I love this because it hits you. You know there's going to be something. Yeah. And you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny when he's talking, she looks like she keeps wanting to say something, wanting to say something. and, And it's like he's kind of keeping her off. And there is an illusion of like, oh, they're a perfect movie star couple. Like when you first see it and you don't know. Yeah. And then when she gets back, it's like, oh, that's why he didn't let her talk. I get it now. <laughs> yep. And even in those days, they could have had a pairing where the man is contracted. Like, she cannot talk. Or it could have been yeah. vice versa. Like, you, we cannot let him speak. His voice, mm-hmm. he sounds like Mickey Mouse. We cannot <laughs> do this. So that was a PR thing. That's why when she's screaming at them backstage, they throw it off on the PR guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's set up that way that yeah, you know, we think is... it's better if Don speaks. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just... And actually, Lena has my other favorite line in the movie. <laughs> I've got more money than Calvin Coolidge put, put together. together. Yes. That line. That <laughs> line and the way she delivers it just with so much conviction. I have more money than Calvin Coolidge put together. Yeah. It's, And just the look on everyone else's face of like, what is she saying? Right. 
<laughs> it's like she has these moments, especially when she brings in her contract and is like, well, I could sue you. It's like <laughs> that is very intelligent. Like she knows yeah. what she's doing. There is a manipulation. She's also incredibly ditzy, though, which oh, is, I love. I love that juxtaposition of like she misses things entirely. People do think that she's dumb. And then she comes in and is like, well, I could sue you because of my contract. <laughs> also, I love when Kathy hits her in the face with a pie. Yes. <laughs> and again, going back to the 1920s, 1930s, that was a huge thing. Absolutely. Huge thing in movies is the pie in the face and that it's Lena that gets it. Yes. Makes it for me. And that's yes. what starts her hatred of Kathy. She doesn't know who Kathy is. She couldn't care less who Kathy is. Right. But that uh. this young girl, who also, again, <laughs> another brilliant moment, that 10 minutes before, we think she's just some motorist and right. some actress that Don, like, he's trying Happens to escape. Upon. Yeah. yeah. And then they're at the party, and who pops out of the cake? <laughs> Kathy Selden. There she is. <laughs> I mean, she didn't lie when she said she was a performer. She was telling the truth. Right. And also, um, I love that. I love that number as well. There's just so much of this movie that I love. <laughs> but I love well, that number. The, and, the Coco. Yeah. And that yeah. they're throwing they're throwing the streamers. Yes. I think that's so funny because, like, you can see men in the background throwing streamers on them, like, continuously. So that yeah. it looks like they're still falling or something. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. Another Another great line is when Don goes to search for her after, and the girl goes, anything I can help you with? And he goes, I'm not going to stick around long enough to find out. Right, Just, I don't have time to find out. I don't have time to find out. These are great. That and um, Cosmos, we've been looking in every cake in town. I love yes. that one. Yes. Well, Cosmo also gets some of the best lines. Oh, 100%. Of course. Although um, I do love that line yeah. that Don has where he's like, well, now that I know where you live, I'd like to walk you home. And he points to the cake. He does. He does. <laughs> and the first time I, I watched it, I didn't get it. And then you get older. <laughs> but also I love the, um, I'm out of a job. Well, that means I can start suffering and write that symphony. Right, my- now we want to, oh, great. Now I can stop suffering and write that symphony. Right. I love Cosmo is like so low key throughout the movie. Like he's doing yes. extreme things, but he's yeah. very much a supporting actor. And so every time he has an interaction with RF, the the movie studio guy, yes. he's just like he keeps getting promotions and raises. And <laughs> cigar. Like I just love it. Yeah. Oh so good. Like so he, good. He, the dancing cavalier. Um and again, I- you're doing the, you're doing the stage production, and you have these iconic lines, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Do I deliver it exactly how Don O'Connor did, or do I put my own spin right. on it?" I did a little bit in the middle, where I I definitely cued very close to the way that he played it, mm-hmm. but I imbued some Jason in with right. Cosmo Brown. I wouldn't have it any other way. As a, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the Moses supposes scene, yes. Because uh, the guy that played the diction coach wore these very tight pants, <laughs> and I used to have a field day when I was impersonating him. <laughs> and I think the last performance, I took my tie off and I sh- I stuffed it in my pants, and so I'm doing all the stuff behind him. <laughs> it was also I fell. 
one night. Oh, did you? During, during that number, I did. And you have to ask Nicole about it, because Nicole actually watched it happen, and apparently it was very smooth. Like, you didn't see me go down. And <laughs> it was the chair dance where we were tapping on the chairs. Mm-hmm. And I went to go up, and I just, I wiped out. <laughs> and next thing you know, my legs are just up in the air, and yeah. <laughs> That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I think speak- well, and I, oh, I think it's so no, it's I think it's so funny that you played Cosmo because it makes so much sense in my mind because the we've hung out like a couple times and I've seen yeah. you in Barnes and Noble. You helped me find a book one time, and you were like going a mile a minute. I think yeah. you snort. I'm pretty sure you snort pixie dust. I'm I'm almost positive that energy. That's that's the Disney. That's the Disney in me as well. Um, And like I turned around and you were gone because you were on to the next thing. And I was like, what happened to him? I don't know. It's the three cups of coffee a day. Um, (laughs) Then you said you played Cosmo, and I was like, that makes hundred percent sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So good. He was probably the closest to me. I've ever played in theater. Yeah. And I played a lot of really great roles. And the one that was most me, it's a toss up between him and uh, Bobby in a chorus line. Okay. Yeah. The sarcastic. That makes sense. Uh huh. But like with, with Cosmo, I was barely acting. (laughs) I'm a smart ass usually. And right. Yeah. I mean, spot on. Right? <laughs> right. And also, okay, so merging Disney a little bit with this. Love it. May it rest in peace, the great movie ride. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. You can make me cry. I know, girl, I still, I still. <laughs> I'm not over it. <laughs> when I visited last year, I walked in front of it and I think I stood just screaming, primal yeah. screaming for two minutes. Yeah. But that moment, always, I loved it. Whenever I would see Gene up there on the mm-hmm. lamppost. And my first thing was, can I can I buy it? Can I buy the right. Gene animatronic? <laughs> oh man! If I'd known that the last time I rode the Great Movie yeah. Ride was going to be my last time, I would have rode it again. <laughs> the last time I rode it, my friend was actually the gangster, and <gasps> neither one of us knew that we were going to be on that ride. Uh huh. So it was a special, special moment for Aww. me. But I love that, right? And especially as someone who loves the movies, as someone yes. who is intrigued by all of that, I loved it. And I mean, mm-hmm. no shade on the new attraction that they have in there. I yeah. hear it's wonderful. Uh-huh. But just, you want to introduce children to these classic movies. You want to... Oh, absolutely. I I wish more younger youngins i feel so old right now i wish those <laughs> young kids i wish i wish they watched singing in the ring i wish mm. just to understand not even about musicals just to understand about movies just to yeah. understand the way that movies were made to understand you're going to get some of the most brilliant dance numbers ever committed to screen mm-hmm. like the singing in the the, the number the yeah. number the Singing in the Rain number, and how Gene Kelly took this novelty song from mm-hmm. the 20s and turned it into this iconic, incredible, brilliant number. 
singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feel, and I'm happy again. I'm laughing at clouds so dark up above. The sun's in my heart, and I'm ready for love. Let the stormy clouds chase everyone from the place. Come on with the rain, I've a smile on my face. I walk down the lane with a happy refrain, just singing, singing in the rain. Dance in yes. the rain. Absolutely. And I mean, the I, known fact that he had a fever. Yeah, like 101, 103, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And he was like, let's keep going. Let's do right. it. And I mean, one, drenched in rain head to toe throughout yeah. the whole thing. Tab dancing, umbrella choreography, the iconic yeah. light post. It's, it's, there are not many iconic scenes like that, I think. It's it's very unique. And how just, effortless he makes yes, it. Yes, yes. When he's swinging around in those streets with that umbrella, right. if you don't have a smile on your face, you have no soul. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's such a great moment. And the music swelling, everything, everything just built yes. in that moment. And... Another interesting fact, going going back to Broadway, because actually Gene Kelly started in New York. Mm-hmm. Gene Kelly started on Broadway as a chorus boy. Okay. And uh, his first big musical where he was the lead was Pal Joey, which incidentally was also a movie musical with Frank Sinatra. No, no shade on Frank, but where do you go? Why do you go from Gene Kelly to Frank Sinatra? Right. Mm-hmm. And the writers of Singing in the Rain are the legendary musical theater writers, uh, Betty Comden and Adolf Green, who wrote On the Town, who okay. wrote Peter Pan, who wrote, and uh, Adolf Green always loved to tell people that he wrote <laughs> Singing in the Rain. And he was in the hospital at one point, he had a stroke, and I guess his wife went to pick him up and she's talking to the doctor. The doctor goes, so I think we need to keep him for psychiatric evaluation. And she goes, why? Because he keeps telling us he wrote singing in the rain. <laughs> I mean, if, if I had wrote singing in the rain, I'm pretty sure it would be my opening line. Hi, I'm right? Betty Teller. I wrote Hi. singing in the rain. <laughs> I wrote singing in the rain. And that it initially was created because of the songwriter. Okay. Because of Arthur Freed, because he was like, I wrote all these songs. We right, should that's make right. a movie. And and this is what we get. Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. From start to finish, gorgeous. There is almost, yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Every moment. And you never want it to end. No. And then it you get that. The, the moment at the end with the billboard, yes. with the two of them. Uh, Picture perfect. Everything's worked out. They I both know. have careers. Uh, just but I would love to know what happens to Lena. 
Yes. That is a great question. Well, granted, I think she probably has a decent chunk of change from her career thus far. And blackmail. And blackmail. So you'd think that maybe her career would go on and or she'd be so embarrassed and just like retire into the shadows with all of her money. (laughs) Yeah, most likely just go back. But I always wondered that. I'm like, whatever happened? Because you know that Don made out okay. You know that Kathy ended up becoming a star. Cosmo's probably the conductor and <laughs> the music director. But what happened to Lena? Did she do like a Norma Desmond where she went <laughs> into... Oh, that's right. We're pulling up to the Sunset yes! Boulevard now. Yes, oh, yes, Norma. Yes, shooting men. All right. Um, ready for my close Oh, my God. That movie. That's another... That's uh, movie. Oh, uh, my God. Again, going back to... Old Hollywood. Yes. I mean, and, so good. <laughs> and that, so good. And that the videos of young Norma Desmond are actually the videos of Gloria Swanson. Uh, and uh, that sh- she really was that nuts. And, <laughs> um, but uh, that's, I'm like, does that, is that Lena? Does Lena become like, I am big. It's the pictures that got small. Like, is right? that... <laughs> like I feel like if Lena Lamont was a thing now, she'd end up in like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yes. Yes. Yes, she would. Like, as the best friend to Candace Cameron Pure. Like <laughs> Can you imagine Lena as like Norma Desmond? It's not me that got small, it's the pictures that got small. <laughs> I am big. <laughs> Where's the dead monkey? Like that's just I that was a little Jerry Lewis. Email. Oh my god, I would hurt myself. I. <laughs> but it's also interesting. Again, more parallels. Mm-hmm. Where another another classic movie musical, White Christmas. Oh yes. Donald O'Connor was intended to be the Danny K role. Hmm. And that was from Singing in the Rain. Really? Yeah. Well, it was an issue. It was first Fred Astaire. They uh-huh. wanted Fred and Bing, and Fred was like, I'm old. I can't. <laughs> I can't do this. And I feel that. Believe me. I'm like, uh-huh. I. Like, thank God I played Cosmo in my 20s. Like, I, I feel like if I did him now, I'd need a stretcher. <laughs> but. Donald O'Connor was the second one, and I think he had a scheduling conflict um, because he, at the time, also, everyone was with different movie studios. It wasn't, you could make a film here, you could make a film there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, MGM is the one that did Sing Into the Rain. Right. And Donald O'Connor, at the time, was a Universal Studios player. Okay. And he was lent out for Singing in the Rain. Huh. Okay. That's why he's not in the Broadway melody number because That's right. again, it got shoehorned and he was already filming another movie. Oh, right. Yeah. I did my yeah. research. I promise. Right. No, girl, you're good. You're pulling out so much. I love it. <laughs> thank I you. I love it. I love it. I've got my book of notes in front of me. Just But we also knowing that mm-hmm. Gene Hagen wasn't the initial Lena Lamont. Really? I see. I did yeah. not know that. It was Judy Holliday, who was brilliant in Born Yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
but it was the same character, Billy right. Dawn. And she turned it down. But again, uh, Comden and Green, they all worked together. They all grew together. And so the role of Lee Lamont was initially written for Judy Holiday. Interesting. And Gene Hagen stepped in and immortalized it and then disappeared. Girl, come back. Where are you? I know, right? <laughs> like, I think she did a couple of TV shows after, but... Again, like Lena, I, I would have loved to have seen more Jean Hagen. Yeah. Well, she also, I'm trying to think, I could have sworn that she had done like some older movie musicals like way back in the day, but I cannot remember a single one. But yeah, also, her career stops in like 1977, which is yeah. upsetting. Well, I think she passed away then. Oh, still yeah. upsetting. Very upsetting, even more upsetting. <laughs> but another interesting fact, again, Art paralleling life, life paralleling art. She is actually the voice of Lena Lamont when Debbie Reynolds is dubbing over her. Uh huh. It's not Debbie. It's Gene Hagen's real voice. That's hysterical. <laughs> the our love will last till the stars turn cold. Right. Oh. Yeah. Also. Also, Debbie Reynolds didn't sing. Would you? Really? That was someone else. Yeah. Interesting. But because I think they wanted a deeper voice. That makes sense. Because <laughs> they wanted such a parallel from the Minnie Mouse on Quailings right. that was Lena <laughs> to what dubbed her. Yes. And yeah, I always thought that was interesting that that wasn't Debbie Reynolds. That is interesting. Also, oh, man. neither neither were the taps. Again, no shade on Debbie. Right. But Gene Kelly was such, he had such OCD, he recorded her taps for her. That makes sense. So you kill this young girl, you have her do the number like 90 <laughs> times, and then you don't even use her tapping. Right. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine being so like, OCD that you're like, I need to do the tapping myself. I can't trust anyone else to do it. <laughs> you know what? I do actually, yeah. yeah I've had yeah. Yeah. I have moments where I'm like, you know what? I'll do it myself. <laughs> I mean, good for you for admitting it. I can't yeah, imagine. I... <laughs> should, I, should I ask Nicole what I'm, what I'm like as a director? It's <laughs> oh i she actually i saw her the other day and she was like i can't remember what show it was maybe maybe pippin i don't remember but she was like jason wanted me to do like a split and then on the same beat go right back up and i'm like i can't do that <laughs> yeah it was it's the ben vereen it's um <laughs> where ben vereen did the the split down and then right back up uh -huh. and i was like come on you could do this she's like no i can't she also fought me because I'm like, okay, so I want you to hula hoop while crossing the stage and singing. Right. <laughs> and you know what? She did it. Uh huh. And she was incredible in that show. Got her a boyfriend. So, you know, because <laughs> that was the first show where Tom saw That's her. That's right. That's right. I, I hope within hope, within wish that no one ever remakes Singing in the Rain. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, no. <laughs> like, I'm fine with the remake of West Side Story. because And mm -hmm. there's people that are like, oh, sacrilege. I'm like, no, the movie's good. Yeah. Like, but what they're doing is they're actually going to more the stage production. 
Okay. And Tony Kushner, one of the most brilliant playwrights of our time, is writing it. So I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm fine with that. But singing on the rain, singing on the rain, singing in the rain. <laughs> on the other hand, if they were like, we're gonna remake this with Scarlett Johansson, I uh, no, 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 she wouldn't be a good Don Lockwood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she. <laughs> I, I, expected. I, I, Singing in the rain. Like, no. I'd rather no. watch Harvey Firestein get a back massage. Oh. And don't get me wrong, I love me some Harvey. I love Harvey. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. they cannot no. remake this. Plus, I don't think we we have the talent. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, you there, there are a limited number of, I think, dancing, acting, singing people like... Gene Kelly, like Fred Astaire, who I think could pull this off. And we yeah. don't have any right now. No, <laughs> there, there are none right now. <laughs> I was going to say, don't even, don't even try to be like Vanessa Hudgens. Cause I'd be like, girl, no, girl. no, 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 no. I saw Grease live. I, I did. Girl. No, 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 no. I don't and think so. They were trying to do another Broadway production of Singing in the Rain, and they wanted Derek Huff to play Don Lockwood. Hmm. That was my reaction as well. Right. (laughs) No shade on him. A great dancer. Uh, Not a Don Lockwood. No. I mean, Cosmo, but not, not Don. There's just something about like the sheer amount of talent that is showcased in this in the original Singing in the Rain that like I'm not sure could could even be replicated at this point also, time. Like Gene Kelly smiles and my body explodes. Oh, I know. He has a great oh, smile. Girl, girl. <laughs> girl. Girl. He he's the reason. He is the reason. And just again the way he holds himself when he dances, he dances yes. like a football player. If that makes any sense at all. He, yeah. Like it's, it's a sport. It's not tap dancing. It's not ballet. It's yeah. a contact sport. Mm-hmm. And it's again, the way he moves his body period is so iconic. Yes. And believe me, there's a lot more incredible movies that he made. I shouldn't even say movies. I should say numbers that he's done. Yes. Um, that that hold up to the Singing in the Rain number. Nothing will top it. But he did a movie called Summerstock with Judy Garland. Okay. Who he, he also helped tap dance. And you know what? She does pretty good. And she was at that point in her life where she was like, Six vodka sodas in right. on any given day. And oh, Judy. The number is called Dick. And mm-hmm. he performs it on a picnic table. It's <laughs> That's just, wonderful. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. And it's acapella. So, like, of course, there's the music portions. But when he's dancing, it's all acapella. Right. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and it's just like, Gene, man, I love you. Come here. <laughs> Same thing, American in Paris. Same thing mm-hmm. on the town. The Oh, my God. The number that he does with Vera Ellen in On the Town, which you want to talk about a beautiful ballet. Oh. 
it's the two of them at the end of the day and they're leaving each other because he's a sailor. He's on leave. Mm -hmm. And just every emotion possible in that moment. Vera Allen, there we go. Another brilliant performer of the old days Mm -hmm. with a waist like my pinky. And (laughs) um, just all of them. I don't think we could ever get that same magic. No, I don't think so. Because, I mean, even if you look at La La Land, which is a, a beautiful homage to this kind of classic and, era. And I will I will die on the hill of <laughs> Emma Stone is fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll die on that hill? Girl, I will, I will get my <laughs> beach chair. I will Chris Christie my butt in a beach chair. <laughs> I saw her do Cabaret on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I saw her play Sally Bowles. She was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I saw Michelle Williams do it as well. She was not. But <laughs> Emma Stone, what that girl does is she acts a song. Mm-hmm. 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 And and so I I will die on that hill that she deserved that Oscar. And oh. that yeah. I will okay. fight. Okay. I, I will I will fight. <laughs> so she, I I think she did a great job. I think yeah. she was great in the film. Yeah. My my previous point was I think even though La La Land is a is an homage to this time, I don't think her or Ryan Gosling necessarily have the same chops or star caliber that this singing in the rain cast had in terms oh, no. of like natural talent and like dance talent, I guess. And that's and that's the thing. You gotta think Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly danced from when they were very young. Right. Some of it is taught, correct, but a lot of it is absorbed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can't be like, well, I have a pair of tap shoes and I can do a time step. Right. I'm a, I'm a tap dancer. Right. No, 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 honey. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Gene, Gene and Donald both... Well, Donald grew up in a family, in a theatrical mm-hmm. vaudeville family. Right. Gene Kelly... I... I, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I'm pretty sure his mom was a dance teacher. That makes sense. Yeah. And same thing, Debbie Reynolds, a very accomplished talent. Mm-hmm. Not not a dancer, moved beautifully. Yes. You would have, uh, un, unless you read it, you never would have known that she wasn't trained. No, 100%. I mean, when, when you do read it and then you you watch it again and see her, like, pulling the faces, yeah. she's, she's definitely making the, look at me, I'm dancing faces. Yeah. <laughs> but she was a gymnast, so she did have movement in her, in her. body. Mm-hmm. What they're doing cannot be taught. No. No, I and, agree. And just... If, if you don't watch the movie and end up smiling or just end up loving it. Yes. And and I hate people that are like, well, I don't like musicals. Shut up. You're going to sit down and you're going to watch this. Right. <laughs> you have an afternoon and you're not feeling good. You can watch this film. Like, watch this film. You don't like musicals. Yeah. Skip all the musical portions and just watch Gene Hagen's performance. Yeah. Because it's. <laughs> I'd also, I love her costumes. Oh, Beautiful. I love and I love I love what she wears when she goes to 
talk to them about suing them, that she's in a full white suit with a giant hat and a muff. And I Uh love that that is her badass bitch costume. Yeah, it's like, like, this is my power move right here. Elle Woods has her pink suit. Lena Lamont has her muff. Yes. And her white hat (laughs) and her muff. Yes. And I just love it. And you know that she actually has, like, all the documents in that muff and a knife. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Like, like that girl is ready for a knife fight at any... I... My friend likes to play the occasional game of who would win in a knife fight between, and he'll just throw random names out. And <laughs> I think if there was a knife fight between Don Lockwood and Lena Lamont, Don would be down yeah. within seconds. <laughs> I think that's probably true. Don, Don, he, he wouldn't even be able to put up the fight. Lena would just, she is a viper. Yeah. And one of my favorite villains. She deserves my, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's not the favorite. That will always be Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty because, because girl, that's a mood. It is a mood. Hating a bunch of people because you didn't get invited to a party. That (laughs) big mood. (laughs) I always say whenever I'm not invited, I'm going to show up with a raven on my shoulder and just be like, hey, what up? What up, guys? But Lena, Lena definitely is in there. Yes. Yeah. And I think she definitely deserves it. And yeah, because again, so many layers to this and whole she, thing. Every gets, character, you know, she kind of gets a raw deal. Yeah, yeah, she kind of gets a raw deal. They couldn't just say to her, "Like, girl, you can't talk." Right. And it's true. For most of the movie, she kind of seems like a victim of like people don't take her seriously. Nobody yeah. will let her talk to the press. Like. There are a lot of scenes where you're like, oh, like she's 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 not totally wrong about her reactions. No. And like <laughs> Cosmo Cosmo's my homeboy, of course. But he's mm-hmm. so he's so horrible to her. Yeah. <laughs> he is so horrible to her. I love it. But again, she's left in the dark about everything. They move Kathy and then don't tell her, not yeah. thinking she's not gonna find out. She runs the studio. Right. Like, she's got eyes everywhere. Yeah. She, so you, you gotta feel bad for her. And yeah. I always say that when it comes to a villain, if you don't have some, like, heart with the villain, yeah, it's not played right. Right. Like, there has to be some element of humanity to to make us understand where they're coming from, even though they're wrong, you know? Yeah. 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 100%. Like, she does these despicable things. Like, when she blackmails them. Come yes. on. I mean. <laughs> but it's like, okay, you know what? She kind of has every right to do that. They're horrible. Yeah. I think if it, like, I don't know. It, it makes me wonder if it had been more than just a pie in the face. Because for Lena, it is more than just, a, like, a cake in the face. It's... It's a cake in the face, plus Don is falling in love with the girl who embarrassed her at a party. Correct. Even though- and in in those days, you were like, with if the studio was like, we want you to be with this man, you're with that yeah. man. Yeah. There, there was a lot in old Hollywood. <laughs> Let me tell you. That's a discussion. That's a discussion for a completely different time. Again, <laughs> I could like write a full dissertation about what it was like in those studios in old Hollywood. But 
like Lena and Don were the it couple, but they weren't. Right. Right. That star system, man. It's uh, a, it's a doozy. It's like, they were the JLo of, they were um, the Benifer, what was it? Oh, um. When Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were a thing. Oh, yes. Or, um. I forgot like Brad Pitt and Aniston too. Yeah, yeah. That was Don and Lena, but and and Lena was so head over heels, and I love that in the beginning of the movie she won't even give him the time of day. Yeah. <laughs> until he gets promoted to a day player. Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh, hello. How are you?" Right. There, there. I'm a little bit like, okay, you're superficial, girl. Like yeah. that line. When he's like, what are you, you doing anything later? And she says, no, but she just shakes her head because she can't speak yet. And he's just like, oh, well, I'm busy. I'm like, yeah. And then she oh. kicks him. I love it. Oh, what a mood. What I love sad. it. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's those like witty lines that like you don't necessarily expect from like a musical, I'd say. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're there and they like catch you by surprise. And you're like, oh, sassy. <laughs> correct. So good. <laughs> correct, correct. So what is it that I mean what else can we say about this film other than that it's a masterpiece? <laughs> I think I think we've hit everything. <laughs> um as I said, I think it should be actual viewing. Like I think it should be taught yes. especially especially in dance schools, especially if you're going to teach boys how to dance, show them yeah. this movie. Absolutely. I mean, I think, like you said, it, it's a shame that um, younger people don't necessarily see this movie. Because I, yeah. I have that same kind of, you know, mourning for, like, my generation and younger who aren't seeing, like, these classic movies, aren't seeing, like, the birth of film and the birth of yeah. what film is now. Because you can and- trace so many films back to this film. And I guess I should give a big up to my parents who, of course, like the way they raised Nicole and I in the movies that they showed us. And Mm -hmm. my, my dad is a huge history buff and my mom loves movie musicals and stuff like that. My dad loves movie musicals too. And being raised and being shown like this in a white Christmas and, Mm -hmm. um, West Side Story, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm-hmm. I I could go on and on, and I wish, and and like when people tell me that like they like musicals, I'm like, okay, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch right. this. Singing in the Rain is one of the first ones. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I actually had a friend who dumped her boyfriend because he didn't know what Singing in the Rain was. <laughs> did she did she give him the opportunity to see it or she was just like no I, no I don't ahead. think she did I think she was just like no 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 wait you know this is this is my favorite movie no 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 this ain't gonna happen bye girl bye that's like me when anyone like puts down the golden girls or says that they never watched it and I'm just like I'm sorry what right yeah I mean I think I I would agree I I 
thank my parents 100%. And I always yeah. say, like, you raised me so well because you showed me all these classic movies. And yes. my mom, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to quote, I can't stand him all the time. Yeah. And that that was my first exposure to Singing in the Rain until I, like, a couple of years later when I actually watched, like, the full movie. So, yeah. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is I just want people to know about these movies and, yes. and know that they touch people and that they watching them gives you some kind of reaction, no matter what it is. Yeah. yeah. Another so, line I say all the time is she can't sing. She can't dance. She can't act. She's a triple threat. She's a triple threat. <laughs> and I believe me, I have, I have used that before. Right. Um, <laughs> again, there's so much. And I do wish that more people watched it. More people yes. knew it. More people mm-hmm. like start the conversation. Look at Gene Kelly's filmography. Look at mm-hmm. watch this and then be like, you know, I really want to watch On the Town. Go watch On the Town. Yeah. Go, go watch, watch Anchors in, Away. Go watch American in Paris. Uh, American in Paris. <laughs> Leslie Caron, who also was at first thought of to do the Cicerice. Really. And I feel like it It would not... I love Leslie Caron. Do not get me mm-hmm, wrong. Mm-hmm. She is not sexy as Sidious. <laughs> like, she's it's like this true. cutesy little French girl. And Citrice is yes. like, just look at me. Look at yes. look at my legs. Look yes. at... Like, and, and she makes that, like, bowl cut hair yes. look good. Some, somehow. <laughs> like, Citrice looks good in a bowl cut. That's, she does. That's the, If anyone's like, why should I watch Singing in the Rain... Because Sisteries makes a ball cut look good. Go watch it. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, it's like that scene where they're on, where it's Sisteries and Gene Kelly and they're doing the ballet, like dream yeah. within a dream sequence. And she turns around and the air blows the scarf straight up and her arms are up. I'm like, I had a physical reaction. I was yes. like, oh, it's like, oh, that is doing it. <laughs> she is See? doing that thing. I had that reaction with the leg. The first yes. time she did the the never ending leg lift, mm-hmm. I had that like visceral, yes, like like take me now, Lord, like, <laughs> have mercy on my body. Yes, um, it, it's just ticking off all the aesthetics, all of the yeah. like classic historian, like it's ticking off all the boxes. I think, yeah. And that's yeah. why it shouldn't, shouldn't be touched ever again. Please, please don't. Please. <laughs> if you're hearing this, don't do it. Right. Don't. Pray to the movie gods. Please don't. <laughs> Channing Tatum can't sing that well. Don't do it. 100%. He can dance. He is oh, a dancer. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, He's a fantastic dancer. One of, my, one of my friends actually choreographed Hail Caesar. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, my friend Chris and said that Channing was so good to work with and just really poured his heart out. Aww. And he played a Gene Kelly. Yeah. Role. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That, that's a fun movie. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so I great. love that movie. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, what else can be said? That, I don't think there's anything. I think we we literally ticked all the boxes. I think so. I mean, great cinematography, great music, great, great dancing, costumes, 
Great cost. Actually, fun fact, I read that the costume designer, Walter Plunkett, uh, he also worked on Gone with the Wind before he did Singing in the Rain. And he said he okay. made more costumes for Singing in the Rain than Gone with the Wind. Yes! Which- you know what? I did. I did read that as well. And I thought that was so interesting. Right? It's like how Gone with the Wind was so big. It was such a huge movie. There were so many people involved. Gone with but- the Wind. That's a great movie. That is a brilliant movie. I did um my my friend Holly is a brilliant writer and we did Gone with the Werewolves in Cape May. <laughs> oh my god. 2 years ago and you'd never guess which role I played. I'm ready. And I did it with like with Bill and Lindsay. They were Oh, both that's in it. right. That's right. Yeah, it was it was a show. But <laughs> I played Prissy <laughs> I play- <laughs> why does we, that make sense <laughs> we changed the character uh-huh and made it a sassy gay like <laughs> butler and again tapping into movie musicals i sang the man that got away <laughs> and i did it a la judy I did the full, the full Jude, the full Perfect. Judy experience. Perfect. And I, I got to every night deliver the, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And, and, and Bill played, Bill was the Rhett Butler role. <laughs> oh and God. Lindsay was uh, Melody. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, it was a thing. It was a thing. It was fun. I mean, it's funny because I read this fact about that Singing in the Rain has over like 500 costumes, which is more than yeah. the win. And I was like, how can that be? That doesn't make any sense. And then I remembered Broadway Melody and I was like, no, that makes sense. Broadway Melody, you have all the movie scenes when they're yeah. in the, the uh, 18th. 17th century gear like there's so much so much i mean so much (laughs) just so many like lena's costumes are so brilliant because they stunning if you if you look at the costumes and then look how she is in every scene they actually correspond that makes yeah Uh uh-huh yeah just stunning 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 It's, I mean, the layers that are involved in this film, the music, the, layers, the singing, the dancing, the script, The bowl cut. The bowl it's cut. Just, the bowl cut. <laughs> Another hill I will die on. Uh, <laughs> and, and it holds up. It's yes. not dated. There's some no. other things that you might have watched when you're younger and you're like, oh my God, this is great. And you watch mm-hmm. it now and you're like, oh my God, what? Yeah. Again, yeah. uh, another movie musical that I can bring that up with is Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen there. that one, actually. Girl, you need to watch the unedited version. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because they do a song that never would hold up now. It's, oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'm not okay. going <laughs> to... I'm not going to go into it, but it, it was like, oh, good Lord, what is happening? And if I'm not mistaken, there's some cuts of it now where they cut the number out. Oh, okay. 
And something like Singing in the Rain, it's wholesome. There's nothing... And and yeah. also, it's not like the girl has to do this to win the guy like Reese is. Right. Like, he it's genuinely just... loves her. Yeah. And it's apparent from, like, from the minute that she leaves the Coconut Grove party to yes. when, for the rest of the film, he just looks at her with such, uh, like, admiration and just love. And it's so sweet. Yeah. Ugh. I love I just it. Want, I just want Gene Kelly to look at me that way. It's impossible. I know. Me but too, girl. Dream. <laughs> me too. I'll just keep watching and be like, hey, Gene. Yeah. <laughs> just look at me, please. <laughs> just look at me, Gene. Just do it. I mean, I think this movie is just wonderful. And it it's apparent even after all this time of how much fun it looks like it was hard and intense and there was so much dancing, but they just look like they're enjoying themselves, you know, just, it's just heartwarming. And in a time like this, when things seem so dark all the time, well, girl, we need it. Oh girl. Yes. Girl. It's it's nice to, to watch this and, and just feel happy for a little bit. There that was little one bit day. of my serotonin. Mo- my mom and I like to watch a movie as much as we can on any given night. And one mm-hmm. night we were like, let's watch the remake of Little Women. Girl. <laughs> Girl. And I'm pretty sure we watched Onward right before that. So I'm like, excuse <gasps> me. I'm just going to go put the noose around my neck now. Um, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. The remake, the, the remake of Little Women. That's another one I could go on about. Yeah. Forever. Have you seen that? I haven't. It's on my list. Girl. To watch. Girl. Watch it tonight. Florence okay. Pugh. Florence okay. Pugh. All I'm going to say. <laughs> I know. But it's a, it's a downer a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know what happens. Right. We all read it. <laughs> but uh, Greta Gerwig was like, let me just grab this knife and slam it as hard as I can. <laughs> Into, into the any back of your organ. neck. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. And you got Laura Dern playing Marmy, and that mm. woman can do no wrong. No, she's wonderful. She made just... me like Marriage Story. Oh, that's true. She was great in that movie. <laughs> that movie I, you want to talk about a divisive movie? Again, oh. another story for another time. Right. <laughs> but oh, man. we all need that happiness. We all need that. That's Singing in the Rain. I think they even called it the happiest, like the happiest musical was one of the taglines of it. Or like a glorious feeling, the happiest musical. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. It just, in and since it is timeless and since it stands on its own so well, there's just, it. it's just great to kind of look back on like, this is what cinema used to be, you know, and this is where cinema comes from and just get that little boost of serotonin that we all need right now. <laughs> it is so needed and welcome. Yes, 100%. Well, I think, I mean, it sounds like we're wrapping this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was really loud and overexcited. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> I'm going to do it live. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do the flip again. Right. (laughs) Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for picking such an amazing movie. Thank you. I mean, could you have envisioned what this would have been like if I picked Willy Wonka? 
that that was almost I mean both great choices I was like if he's picking between these two movies I don't <laughs> for the don't boat know. scene the boat scene alone right Willy Wonka <laughs> that's another one maybe we'll do that episode another time I would love that you're oh welcome back anytime. Oh my god, that's one. Oh my god, Willy Wonka. So good. If and I when I tell people that's one of my favorites, it's like, oh, that explains so much. <laughs> it's all that pixie dust. We get it. Yeah. It's that <laughs> snozwanger and the vermicious kid. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And thank you. I mean, Again, you're welcome back anytime. This has been a joy and a boost of serotonin for the day. Yes. For the day. It's the yes. coffee. It's all the coffee. <laughs> it is. All right. Well, then I will chat a little bit after this, I'm sure. But Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So thanks. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll see you Thank all. Thank you. We'll see you all later. Bye. Go watch Bye. the movie. Bye. Go watch Bowl the cut. movie. Bye-bye. Another huge thank you to Jay Phillips for coming on the show and talking about his favorite film, Singing in the Rain. I was so excited to talk about this film in a critical way, in a historical way, and Jay did not disappoint one bit. And with that being said, season one of Scopophilia is officially over. It's been a wild ride, um, to say the least, and... I'm excited to keep going. I'm excited to get more people on the show talking about their favorite movies, whether it be something we know, something we don't, a little bit of everything here uh, for the millennial perspective, as always. And not to give too much away about season two of the show, but I'm brewing a lot of interesting things for you. There's a lot of fun things behind the scenes that I'm working on, and I cannot wait to tell you what they are. Season two will be coming sometime in January. I will release all the details once the new year is here. 2021 will be our year. Hopefully we'll be able to get out of quarantine, which would be great. Um, but I'll settle for some interesting interviews and interesting new movies to watch as well. Now, if 2021 is too long of a wait to get film content, well, the first thing you can do is listen to all of season one over again. Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell your friends, your family of friends, your friends of family, your family members, anybody who you can tell about it. Spread the word because we're not going anywhere and we're just getting started. Or if you've listened to all the episodes and you've told all your family and friends and, and everybody else that you can think of about the show, you can also head over to our Instagram at scopophilia underscore podcast. You can subscribe to our TikTok, which is scopophilia the podcast, or we now have a Facebook page, which is just a group called Scopophilia. We're talking about our favorite movies in order to get us from now until 2021 when we have more episodes for you. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, here leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I will see you all next year. Bye!